Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. And uh, we always want to take time. So if you served in any uh, area of our armed forces, would you just do us a favor? Would you, um, I, I know you don't want to do this. Uh, I'm going to make you stand. I know you're going to hate my guts, but uh, if, or, ra- or raise your hand. If you don't want to stand, just raise your hand. Yeah, would you look around? We got a couple, at least three, four. We're so thankful. And we honor you today. And uh I know the focus and the attention sometimes gets messed up and people just think, well, I'm just glad to have a day off. But we want you to know that we appreciate the sacrifices that you've made. Um, for those of you that uh, think gospel music, I, I do that every time. I'm sorry, man. I, when I say that phrase, Kirk Franklin messed that phrase up for me. For those of you, see, some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. And and so you're the, the, the immune ones. But it just something just happens in my head. I can't help it. Uh, for... For how can I reword? If you have not been with us, there we go. I'm gonna do it that way. That way, I don't have the same brain mess up. Uh, if you've not been with us, uh, you may not be aware that uh, we've been spending some time, uh, four weeks, on uh, attacking apathy, uh, apathy uh, towards others, and we have taken some significant steps, and we will take another one this uh, this morning, right after first service, as we dedicate our community closet and pantry. Uh, apathy towards others. We've been battling that. But for the last uh, couple of weeks, we shifted gears and we began to attack apathy towards God. Um, I am convinced, as I have stated all three weeks, that we are afflicted with apathy. We are awash in apathy. We are so overcome by the I don't cares, in particular when it comes to God, that we now treat God as if he's a dime a dozen, if he's common. We treat him as if he's ordinary, as if he's routine, as if he's optional, as if he's just like any other God. And so we've been attacking that, and I've been challenging your apathy and my apathy by uh, challenging and confronting our approach to God. Because if we have a revelation of who God is, then you cannot approach Him as common. If you understand who God truly is, that He is who He said He is, that He has the ability to back up everything He's ever claimed, in that moment, then you recognize that you cannot approach Him as common. Because he is anything but common. He is extraordinary. He is different. He is other than. And I can't get no help in here this morning. Some of y'all already went on vacation. You didn't go anywhere, but you went on vacation. Come on, stay with me this morning. He is not like anybody else. Everything else pales in comparison. And so we've been confronting apathy, and we're going to wrap that up this morning. I I just need to make um, a, a confession. One of my favorite all-time childhood games was tag. Now, I'm not talking about the, the fancy variations of tag and all the, 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 the alterations of tag like freeze tag. I'm talking about the purest form of tag. I'm talking about the pristine game of tag, just straight up tag. 
Now, uh, I, I reckon that that is the highest level of tag. Like, you can't go beyond that level of tag. It's the pure form of tag. And there are, I, I recognize there are a couple different ways to play tag, a, 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 a couple different strategies. The, like, the wimpy way to play tag is to hang out on the fringe. And that way, they don't ever chase you because you're kind of blending into the environment. And nobody even knows you're there. They don't even really know if you're playing. Yeah, you know, the wimpy way. Um, that no adrenaline rush of being chased, that, that's, that's not real tag. My preferred method of tag requires that you take risk. And so um, I would use my amazing, mind-boggling quickness. Some of y'all look like, okay. Some of y'all already think I lied in church. Uh, and this is how I would play tag. Like, Somebody would be it, and I would get as close as I possibly could get to them so that, I mean, they, it, it, it would frustrate me because they would recognize that with world-class speed like that, there's no way I could catch him, and so they would turn their attention to the, the slow folks. But, but every so often, they would turn their attention to me because I'd get really close, and, and, and they would begin to chase me, and then I would, I would turn on the afterburner. See, some of y'all just look amazed that, I mean, are you talking about you, Steve? Yeah, me. And I would just, like, run for my life, right? Um, okay, some of y'all don't even understand. So, uh, and I, I, would, uh, I would outrun them to safety. The, one of the intriguing aspects of tag to me was there was this skill that you could learn. You had to fine-tune it. And it would work like this. Let's say Tari was it, and Tari would somehow corner me. I don't know how. I know it, this is so hard to imagine. But, but uh, just, imagine, like, just imagine that Tyrone Tari would, would corner me, and, and somehow, someway, he would reach out and tag me. All right. There's a role reversal that takes place there instantly in the blink of an eye. He goes from the chaser to the chasee, right? And that intrigued me. And so there was this skill that we would fine-tune and hone. It, in fact, we had to adjust the rules because we got so good at it because Tari would reach out and touch me, and before he could get back, I would tag him back, right? Y'all, y'all know. So we, we, we altered the game because Tari would be it the rest of his life until Jesus came back because I had fine-tuned this skill. And so we, we altered the game and we adopted this rule called no tag backs, right? Because we didn't want Tari to be that kid on the playground that was weeping to the teacher. I never, I'm always it. You know, that was Tari. He, he's admitting it. This is a come to. So all of that to say this, I believe that whether we recognize it or not, that we are literally in a lifelong game of tag. Except in this occurrence or situation, our opponent, if you will, is God. What I want to draw your attention to in this lifelong tag game with God is I want to focus on the role reversals that constantly take place in the game. Uh, I want to draw your attention kind of as a backdrop, if you will, to some familiar portions of Scripture. I've alluded to them in the past at various times, um, but I think it's a, it's a good glimpse. David had a good understanding of the, 
role reversals that could take place. The first one I want to draw your attention to is found in Psalms chapter 139. It's verses 7 through 10. You know this passage. David uh, says it like this. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, surprise, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. Uh, If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. One version says it like this. I think it may be even a better glimpse of this game of tag. He said, where can I go to avoid your spirit? Then he answers his own question and says no, because David had this revelation and he captured this idea that God is in, in, in this game of tag that God is pursuing us. In fact, um, he is after us. He is constantly and continually chasing us down. In fact, David recognized that in this game of tag, uh, it's, it's the purest form of tag. There is no base. There is no safe place. There is no way to escape God. He is the all-time undefeated, undisputed World champion of tag. You cannot get away from him. The, 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 um, the truth is, is that some of you thought you could. Oh, come on now. I know you cleaned up well this morning, but the truth is, is that some of you literally thought in your own thinking because of your own mind-boggling speed that, that you could escape the presence of God. Some of you have, uh, have, have really thought it through and thought, I can get away from you, and, and yet he continues to chase you down. You've done your dead level best to do something that would offend him so badly that, that if I do this, I know he'll be so angry with me and so repulsed by me that he won't want to be with me any longer, and I will escape his presence. You've used every dodge and every dart and every juke that you could that you have fine-tuned in your tag playing career to get away from him and yet you cannot escape him he chases us um many of you have uh discovered that through distancing choices that you've made you've discovered that through delaying decisions that you've made You've discovered that that even though you've used tag avoiding words and you've you've taken on tag avoiding habits, you've discovered that he continues to corner you with his love, that he continues to corner you with his grace, that he continues to confine you by his touch and he continues to to pursue you with his call simply stated you cannot get away. In other words, I want to say it like this. You have been tagged. Um, God has chased you down. He has done everything he can do to get to you. Because here's what we need to understand as we're confronting apathy, which I'm getting ready to shift gears and do that. You've got to understand that he initiates the chase. That's why we used to sing, I love him because he first loved me. He chased me first. 
that in Scripture we're told that no man comes to the Father unless the Spirit woos him, draws him. He initiates the chase. You're not in this game of tag because you decided to chase God. You're in this game of tag because God decided to chase you. He started the chase. And um, I'm just glad this morning to announce to you, if you didn't know, that I am so thankful this morning that in this game of tag, there is no no tag backs rule. I'm thankful. I am thankful that that when 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 God chases us down, that there are moments in our life that when He reaches out and touches us, that due to the struggles of our own life, and due to sickness, and due to broken relationships, and due to hurt, and due to pain, there are moments in life where God will reach out and touch you, and He will allow you to turn and touch him back so that he will pursue you again. See, I, uh, I need you to understand that when you have no strength to pursue him, he will continue to pursue you. As I confront apathy in our life towards God, I, I need to give you a caveat if, in this because I've been slamming and, and gut-punching you, if you will, about being apathetic towards God. But I need to say this to you this morning, that if in your sincere and honest self-evaluation, if you are not pursuing God, not because of lack of desire, and not because of lack of concern, but if you are not pursuing Him due to the fact that you are hurt or that you find yourself broken and covered by pain, then the good news I have for you this morning is that's not apathy. That's a wrinkle in the rules. And God recognizes that wrinkle in the rules. And in those moments, out of your pain, when he's pursued you and you encounter his presence and, and it looks like there's a role reversal, you can turn and touch him back and he will, in the midst of your pain, come after you. Yet, though he slay me, I will trust him. Right in the midst of my most heartbreaking moment, even though I've encountered him now and it's now it's my turn to pursue, I can reach back out. And let him know, I don't have any energy or strength at this moment. And he'll chase us down. David understood that, that God was in this constant pursuit of us. We cannot escape him. But David also captures the, 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 the role reversal that takes place. Because David understood what the idea of, of being chased. But, but I want you to see this role reversal because David talks about it. He, he, he talked about in Psalm chapter 139 about God chasing us. But now, in Psalm chapter 42, verse 1-2, he recognized there is a role reversal in this game. Listen to what he says. You know this. We used to sing this a long time ago. It says simply this, As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God. So now the roles have re reversed entirely. David is not being chased. Now David is the one chasing God. He's chasing God. He longs for God. He has discovered that now I'm it. God touched me and now the roles have reversed and I'm it. 
He longs for God. He thirsts for God, and he's ready to chase him down. He must chase. He must pursue. Like David, I just want to declare to you this morning uh, a truth that many of us need to wake up and recognize because we, we think that it's always one way, that God is always chasing us and we can't get away from him and I wish he would leave me alone. But, but this morning I wanted to declare a truth to you that you need to grasp and that's this tag. You're it. You're it. He has done his part. God has done his part. He has tagged us, and now the roles have reversed, and the lack of his presence that we feel is not due to his absence. I'm going to say that again. The lack of the presence of God that you are experiencing and encountering in your life is not due to God's absence. It is due to our lack of pursuit. You missed it, so I'm going to say it another way, an easier way. Maybe you can remember it like this. The proof of desire is pursuit. Come on, husband, elbow your wife and say the proof of desire is pursuit. Come on, I... That's a perfect place. All right, now, the, the, the ladies are going to do this much better. Uh, wives, elbow your husband and say, the proof of desire is pursuit. Okay. All right. We prove what we desire by what we pursue. It is time I declare to you that it is time to shake off apathy and become desperate for his presence to the degree that we will pursue him again. Some of us pursued God 20 years ago, and we've not pursued him again. The proof of desire is pursuit. In fact, I can take you into Scripture, and I can show you that Scripture is full of language of pursuit. Statements that speak to the idea that we pursue God. Statements like this, seek while we may be found. See, I could stop talking about tag and start talking about hide and seek. Seek while he may be found. Knock. That's a, that is the language of pursuit. Knock the door down. Language like this, seek ye first. The kingdom of God. Language like this, hunger and thirst after righteousness. That, there's no apathy in that. Language like this, my soul follows hard after you. David was literally describing this idea that I'm going hard after you. I pant for you like a deer. I thirst for you. I hunger for you. There is no apathy in that. David understood that he was it. That God had pursued and tagged him and called him and loved him and graced him and cornered him and, and done all these things for him. And now the roles have reversed. And I'm it. And I want you to understand that God must once again become our single pursuit. Y'all missed it. I said that God must become our single pursuit. Well, you don't know about my career. I don't care about your career right now. God must become our single pursuit. Well, you don't understand my, my family situation. I, sorry, I am saying that God must become our single pursuit. Well, you don't know the car I'm trying. God must become our single pursuit. You don't understand my sporting. 
God must become our single pursuit. You don't understand about my house. God must become our single pursuit. The proof of desire is pursuit. If your desire is real, then your desire will be proven by the pursuit because your pursuit bears out. It witnesses. It testifies. Y'all don't understand? Do you understand that our lack of pursuit is a louder testimony to those around us than what we say? Because we can claim, I want God, I'm in relationship with God, I love God, I serve God. And our lack of pursuit of Him testifies to people that they really don't believe what they're saying. They really don't mean what they're saying because I see no pursuit towards God. In fact, they're, they're, they are pursuing exactly what I'm pursuing. Listen, apathy is dangerous because apathy will cause a tagged person to wait for more tagging. I know most of you. I don't know all of you. But I know a lot of your stories. And this is what I, I'll testify about you. You've been tagged. I know you're different. I know God has touched you. I know God has changed your life. I have seen the visible manifestation of the fact that God has tagged you. And if you are overtaken by apathy. You will sit around waiting for more tagging. You're never going to get more tagged. Than you are now. You are tagged. And because you are tagged, if you are not careful, apathy will cause you to fail to realize that because you are tagged, you are now it. You're it. And so now, check this word out. I'm, I'm going to say it like this. You have been touched by God. So now... Check this out, this word. We don't even think about words sometimes. We are responsible. I'm going to come back to that word right there. We are responsible because we've been tagged by God and now we're, at, we're responsible to go after him. So let me do this. We are response able. You missed it. We are response able to go after God. We have been tagged, so now we are response able to pursue him. And many of us are response able, but we don't go after him. Some of you are waiting on God to chase you when he has already chased you. In fact, I, in my own mind, I've got this picture of this tag game that we're in that God has reached out and tagged us, and it's obvious, and now we are responsible. And I've got this, this picture in my mind of God acting like I used to act like on the playground, and he's standing just outside of arm's length going, na 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 boo boo you can't catch me. Y'all don't ever think about God like that? I think about the fact that God is just standing at arm's length. He, is, he has positioned himself for pursuit. I don't know if you know that God does this sometimes, but God likes to be chased. Yeah, man, I can't get no help in this house this month. God likes to be chased. And so I, I, in my own life, I recognize that God has touched me. And there are many times in my own life that I, I feel like God is just like, he's just like, I see glimpses. I see he's just like right there and he's playing games and he's just like, nah, nah. And 
And then I realized what he's trying to do. He's trying to get my attention back. He's trying to get me to chase him again. And I am convinced and concerned that we have become so accustomed and so familiar with his presence that we don't even think chasing him is necessary anymore. That's why we expect the worship team to do all the work for us. We, when, when, we were, when we were young and we, we didn't know the things about God we know now, we would chase him like, here's a novel idea. Before church, we would actually pray. And before church, we would say, oh, God, please, in this church service, let me see you. Let me touch you. And we would chase him. And guess what? He'd get caught right in the middle of church. But because we become familiar with the game and because we become familiar and we overestimate our own tag ability, we don't take care of what we're response-able for. And I am challenging you this morning. I'm asking you to do something. I'm asking you to pursue past distant sightings of God. Some of us have become too comfortable. We're like the disciple who followed from a distance. We can see him out there on the fringe somewhere and we kind of have the general idea of where he's going and we become comfortable walking a day behind, a week behind, a month behind, a year behind. We we had sightings of him a decade ago and I think he was headed in that direction. So we'll just kind of trail along. And I'm asking you to push past distant sightings of, of Jesus and God. I'm asking you to push past the glimpses of his glory. I'm asking you to push past close calls. And let's make a corporate commitment that has implications individually. That we will once again go hard after God. That just catching a glimpse of him six months ago in one service isn't enough that some just seeing a sighting of him like five years ago in this one service or this one time together i saw just a no i'm 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 challenging you to embrace the mentality of the woman who had the issue of blood who was so desperate for a touch from jesus that she went after him she chased him down she pushed people out of the way I'm asking you to begin to come back to passion and push folks out of the way if you've got to. Push the worship team out of the way. Push the pastor out of the way. Push the greeter out of the way. Push that obnoxious person sitting six rows in front of you out of the way. Push your bad attitude out of the way. Push what happened all week out of the way. Push your crazy kids out of the way. Push your annoying husband out of the way and get to Jesus and grab and become desperate for him again. I want to make a statement to you that I have made time and time again over the years, especially when I was national youth director. I said this all the time to young people, but maybe adults need it worse than young people. We can have as much of God as we want. The dilemma is most of us 
have as much of God as we want. So I am asking you to to grab apathy by the neck, wrestle it to the ground, and stomp on it and kill it in your life. And come back to the mentality of pursuit that we see described in Matthew chapter 13. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is telling parables. And I'm not going to take long. I'm just going to read one little snippet and show you the, the language, the concept of pursuit that, that even Jesus talked about. He says it like this. He says in, in verses 43, 44 through 46, he says this. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. When a man found it, he got a glimpse of it, he hid it again, and then in his joy he went and he sold all he had and he bought that field. That sounds like pursuit to me. Listen to the rest of it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls, and when he found one of great value, he went away and he sold everything he had. And he bought it. I don't know what that sounds like to you, but that sounds like to me individuals that are so desperate to get the treasure. And I want to declare to you that he is the greatest treasure that they're so desperate for that, that they will sell everything, they will sell out, they will go hard after it, they will remove every obstacle, every distraction, they will stomp past anything they got to stomp past to get to it. And I am asking you to go back to that kind of mentality and begin to pursue Him and make sacrifices. That's what that whole parable is about, is about make, I'm getting rid of everything to get this one thing. Single pursuit if we don't do that apathy grabs hold of us and this is what we do we find the treasure we get glimpses of the treasure and we visit the treasure and we recall have you ever heard anybody oh man in the old days Boy, we had some church in the old days man God did some great things and y'all remember in the old days That's what apathy does to us. It causes us to just recall and visit but never own. Okay. Uh, I'm just calling us to sacrifice anything we need to sacrifice to chase him down again. And so if our desire is judged by our pursuit, let me ask you this question. I'll get out of your way. If our desire is judged, evaluated, assessed by our pursuit, then what would be the assessment of apathy in your life? If we can judge the level of apathy in your life based upon your level of pursuit of God, then what would the level of apathy be in your life? Well, I started using old West Oklahoma statement right there, and, and some, some of you would look at me like I'm crazy. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Ever heard that one? Yeah. Marinate on that one a little bit. When's the last time you really chased God down? See, I know you encountered him when you were 12, but tag, you're it. 
I, I, I recognize that you encountered him right in the darkest moment of your night when you were in a great deal of pain and you didn't know where else to turn. But guess what? Tag, you're it. I know in some revival service somewhere some time ago, you encountered God, you went to an altar, glory came down, you glowed when you walked out, but now, tag, you're it. When you were young and wanted God to show you the path of your life and what decisions should I make and who should I marry and what job should I... But tag... You're it. I am challenging you this morning that we have got to come back to a level of pursuit. Because here's what I want you to know, and then I promise I'm done. God wants to be caught. He doesn't stay out of arm's reach because he doesn't want to be tagged. He stays there to get us out of our apathy to pursue him. And so this morning, I believe it's time to destroy apathy and pursue him again. Father, this morning, our understanding is this. We've been tagged. God, I recognize I can, I can be the first to testify this morning. I have been touched by you. My life has been altered. My course has been changed. My, 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 my future is different. For some, one simple reason and one simple reason alone, you touched me. Man's touch couldn't do this in my life. only your hand when you touched my heart my life had changed but I also recognize this morning in my own life that there are moments when apathy overtakes me and I don't pursue you God I pray that you would do surgery on the heart and the life of every person under the sound of my voice and that all and each and every one of us, we would begin to pursue you again. We would begin to pursue you again. We would chase you down. Like a deer, thirsty, desperate for water, like a woman who has no hope like the man who finds a treasure in a field like a merchant who finds a great pearl we would go hard after you God that has implications for us Monday through Saturday it has implications for us on Sunday it has implications for our life that you must once again become the single focus and the single pursuit. God, I pray for every man in this house that you would allow us as men to rise up and make you the single focus of our pursuit. The single focus. God, I pray for every lady in this house that you would 
cause them in their own spirit to turn their attention to you and you would become the one and the only, the single, the highest pursuit. Because we recognize this morning, Father, that if men and women will pursue you, single pursuit towards you, everything else will work itself out. We pursue you this morning. Would you stand with me just a moment? Let's just take just a moment as we wrap this thing up and before we give you instructions, would you just take a moment and realize that you've been tagged and now would you reach out and try to reach, touch him in return?
to him this morning. I'm falling, Lord. I'm falling on my knees. Offering on me. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.